afternoon. Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with the wrap-up on today's top stories. It's Wednesday, January 24th. Boeing is pausing production tomorrow at the Renton factory that manufactures 737 jets. A lot led up to this moment, and company leaders say the one-day stand-down, that's what they call it, will allow the 737 factory workers to attend working sessions on quality control. Following this today, our business reporter, Monica Nicholsberg. The stand-down is the first in a series of events Boeing announced in response to the incident in which a 737 MAX 9 lost a piece of fuselage mid-flight. The event comes on the heels of a report in which a whistleblower claimed that Boeing was responsible for the blowout. Citing the whistleblower, the Seattle Times reports Boeing failed to ensure the panel that blew out was properly secured after a repair. The CEOs of Alaska Air and United Airlines expressed anger at Boeing and skepticism about the future of their partnerships with the manufacturer in interviews this week. Monica Nicholsberg, KUOW News. Lawyers for dozens of people who protested police violence in 2020 say they've reached a $10 million settlement with the city of Seattle. Amy Radel has the story today. Lawyers for the city finalized the settlement Tuesday with more than 50 plaintiffs. Those plaintiffs were involved in local protests after the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. Their lawyers say the plaintiffs suffered from broken bones and other injuries while engaging in First Amendment-protected activity. They include Abriana Inda, a woman who went into cardiac arrest after being hit in the chest by a Seattle police blast ball. The city admitted no wrongdoing as a result of the settlement. In a statement, city attorney Ann Davison said the agreement resolves the majority of remaining claims stemming from those demonstrations. Amy Radel, KUOW News. Moving on to our politics beat, today some Republicans are calling for Nikki Haley to end her presidential bid after her 11-point loss to Donald Trump in the New Hampshire primary. But here in Washington state, some Republicans want her to keep going. Here's reporter David Hyde. Paul Hess is vice chair of the Washington state Nikki Haley campaign. He says he's looking ahead to next month's South Carolina primary, Haley's home state. Nobody thought she'd win the governorship when she first ran. She kind of beat those old Southern white boys at their own game. Let's see what she can do. Hess says a Haley nomination could also boost Republicans in other Washington races this year, like for Congress or governor. He says Haley polls better than Trump with some blocks of voters, including suburban women. Washington's presidential primary is March 12th. David Hyde, KUOW News. Drug maker Johnson & Johnson is paying up for its role in the opioid addiction crisis. Washington state sued Johnson & Johnson four years ago. To settle, the company will pay nearly $150 million. Last year, national data showed that overdose deaths were rising faster here than anywhere else in the country. It's hard to comprehend the number of victims. 2,048 people died from drug overdoses in 2022. By the way, several other companies have already settled with Washington for fueling the crisis, totaling $518 million. The state's directing the vast majority of the money toward easing the addiction epidemic. (music) 
On to our food beat. If the James Beard Awards are the Oscars for chefs and restaurants, then Washington State slated for some red carpet treatment in 2024. A mix of 14 Washington chefs and restaurants have been nominated. Have you eaten at the Walrus and the Carpenter? It's up for Outstanding Restaurant. I won't list all 14 here, but here's a taste for Outstanding Chef Aaron Verzoza of Archipelago in Seattle is up. And the Best Chef Northwest list includes Christy Brown of Seattle's Communion, Evan Leakling of Off Alley, and Melissa Miranda of Musong. And Janet Becerra of Seattle's Pancita picked up a nomination for Emerging Chef. The finalists will be announced this spring and the awards will be handed out on June 10th. The legislature's been moving fast on bills this session, so let's check in on a few of those. People in prison in Washington could have their sentences reviewed and possibly shortened under bills before the state legislature. Jeannie Lindsay explains. Lawmakers already decided in 2023 that crimes a person committed as a kid can't be used to make their prison sentence longer if they commit a new crime as an adult. But part of last year's bill that would have applied that policy to people already in prison didn't make it through the Senate. Tulalip Tribe's vice chair, Misty Napiahi, says that needs to change. A juvenile sentence for a crime committed 10 years ago should not be punished differently than a juvenile who commits the same crime today. So a bill lawmakers are considering now would require resentencing hearings for incarcerated people who had time added for juvenile crimes. It hasn't moved yet, but a key senator said this week the bill would get a hearing if it makes it out of the House. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Housing and trying to fix the housing crisis are back at the legislature this year. Seniors and people on fixed incomes are among those who've been hit hardest by rising housing costs over the last year. And that's why a bill that would legalize tiny, more affordable apartments statewide has attracted the interest of AARP. Joshua McNichols has more. Angela Rosman works for a developer that builds micro-apartments in popular neighborhoods where rents are high. She says the tiny rentals have a reputation for attracting only young people, but that's not accurate. We actually have more seniors and folks on disability than we do college students. A bill that would legalize tiny apartments statewide is making its way through the legislature. Kathy McCall is with AARP Washington. This is just a way to create more housing options and more housing choices. The bill faces opposition from some Washington cities. They're concerned higher-density buildings will increase competition for street parking. Joshua McNichols, KUOW News. Vancouver, Washington man's been sentenced to six years in prison for his involvement in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The Department of Justice says 44-year-old Mark Brew led angry crowds toward the Capitol in 2021 and was one of the first people to enter the building. At one point, prosecutors say Brew used a bike rack to push against Capitol Police and yelled at them, you'll die for the corporation. So far, at least a dozen people from Washington state have been arrested or charged for participating in the January 6th insurrection. Microsoft joined the $3 trillion club today, a club that includes just two companies. Microsoft's market cap briefly rose above $3 trillion, a milestone it has never reached. Only Apple has surpassed that market cap until now. 
According to reporting by CNBC, analysts credit Microsoft's recent success to its leadership position around generative AI. And one sweet story before we go. The Stranger's Valentines are back and in print. It's been a long tradition of The Stranger to invite people to send in love notes, which then get published in a special sugary, sweet, sometimes saucy Valentine's edition. It's a fun read and fun to submit. It'll come out in print February 4th. And what I really want to end on today is this. We'll have our first 5 p.m. sunset of the year on Friday, seeing a light at the end of the big dark. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya.